Glory, glory, Sacramento. Welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Tonight, I'm in the studio with none other than our beloved host, Scott. I know that I always rant and rave about his cerebral soccer prowess, but I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, this man is more than just a beautiful mind. He also has a wonderful, fiery red beard, and his ability to drive towards the basket in 12v12 half-court basketball <laughs> is all unrivaled in all of Northern California. <laughs> We also found out this week that he happens to have a doppelganger ganger, who lives in Sacramento and who likes to harass us on our social media page. Scott, how are you tonight? Okay, so a few things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, why is it always about my beard? I know. I was... It's a great beard. <laughs> Thank you. Number two, the second part about basketball is true. <laughs> it is 100% true. Number three, he was not harassing us oh, on social right, media. Right, His right. name is Leo, and Leo. he seems to be a very nice gentleman yeah, he's who happens awesome. to look like a slightly shorter British version of me. Yeah, yeah that's and true. like that's... knows what he's talking about, and we had a good conversation. Yeah, so last episode, sorry to take over Nolan's intro, but okay. last episode when we were like, oh, who was that tall fat guy from England that like <laughs> we signed partway through the season, and he's a forward and didn't do anything for us. Oh, we can't remember his name. So he got together with us on uh, Instagram and was like, hey, how could you forget my guy Carlton Cole? Oh, and I was like, Carlton. We were like, dang it, you're right. And it turns out that Leo is a West Ham fan, and he also just got married like I did. What? And I'm telling you, he's my British twin. He really is. Yep. Uh, he looks like you. So, and he's actually really cool. We talked with him for a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, hey, hit us up on social media. We love to talk to you guys. Of yep. course. Anyway, back to Noel. Yes. Another oh, man. I'm doing great, by the way. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Okay. Another man whose qualities I sometimes fail to fully highlight is in the studio tonight as well. With his attra- While his attractive features and charismatic <laughs> personality are well known to ourselves and to our listeners, some may not realize that Zach is also more than just a pretty face. Aww. He happens to be more highly educated than myself, <laughs> and his depth of intellectual insight runs across multiple varied disciplines. From bringing you the latest hot tactical take from the soccer pitch to expelling his hours-long fantasy football research findings absolutely to giving homework help to sweet innocent kids at the tutoring center this man knows how to use his brain for good he also likes long walks on the beach he's a four on the enneagram and his love languages are all of them uh, zach i love you and i'm sorry i took 45 minutes to write a horrible intro and i promise to start your part first next week but how are you tonight? I'm doing so good, Nolan. Okay, okay. And I appreciate that two weeks in a row, um, my intros are about my dating life. <laughs> this week is like, is a little more subtle. It's subtle. He subtle. likes long walks on the beach and he's a four. <laughs> the romantic. That means he's romantic. Zach, have you ever had, have you ever taken like a long walk on a beach? Yes, oh, I have. Did you enjoy it? Absolutely. Really? Oh, oh yes. By oh, yourself? Okay, but like, uh, uh, in all honesty, long walks on the beach are great. I don't know if I've ever done You that. hear the waves? The cool wow. sand on your feet. Was your mom, like, behind you putting little shells in the sand so you could find a conch and stuff? No. No. Was it, like, a Finding Dory thing where you're, like, laying shells to find your way back? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just a peaceful walk on oh, the beach. Oh, okay. Were well, you by yourself? I, there's been times, yes, that I walked on the beach by myself. When have you lived by the beach? We lived in... A lake um, beach? We lived in Westland in Michigan for four years, which is right by the... Oh. The... Right by Lake Michigan. Huh. So we'd go to Grand Haven all the time. That makes sense. So you were like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, go, okay. we'd go camping, and I'd go on long walks on the beach. Wow. How did you not get kidnapped? Or we were like camping there. Uh huh. 
Have you ever seen, I don't know, any suspenseful scary movie in that, set in the woods ever? That don't happen in Michigan. That don't happen. <laughs> They're all nice people there. Nah. Sure they are. Nice secluded. Just don't go to Detroit. Serial killers. Sorry, I just alienated everyone from Michigan. No, they're not paying attention to this show. <laughs> they don't even have they a soccer not. team. Wow, it's been four minutes. All right. <laughs> um, how, I'm good. How are you doing, Zach? Did you say you were good? I'm, I'm doing swell. I'm, I'm doing good. Swell. Nolan, you're good too? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited that we got to talk to someone we don't usually talk to. Yeah, so this we, week. we wanted to tease this last week, but we were like, we were 90% sure it was going to happen, so we didn't want to tease something and then not follow through. Yeah. Um, we were trying to figure out some technical stuff on our side but coming up in just a few seconds actually is an interview with our now friend ricky from copa califas i'm not going to really explain what copa califas is because we do it in the interview but it's basically just um a a competition between all the california usl teams so um la galaxy 2 orange county sacramento and fresno fc so those are the four usl teams and what copa califas does is it counts the points from those league meetings so it's not like an like oh so this is a preseason tournament no 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 it just counts the points from those league meetings puts it in a table and then there's like a winner um and that happens different places in the u.s that, that's a that's a normal thing and when we heard about that um Actually, Copa Califas reached out to us, mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, we'd love to talk with you guys sometime. And we were like, okay, sure. And that was like two months ago. And then we were like, hey, we should actually do this now that we have got this thing like figured out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, without further ado, we are with Ricky from Copa Califas. Ricky, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, so just for those that don't know, could you explain what is Copa Califas? Yeah, um, you know, Copa Califas is just, uh, I don't know, man, just some, I guess, fun soccer nerd stuff. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I follow the different USL teams, and I thought it'd be really cool to kind of put a table together uh, for all the teams in California uh, that are competing in the USL Championship this season. Um, and so it's just, you know, a points-based table. Um, you know, the scoring works pretty much how the USL schedule works, but it's just the uh, head-to-head matchups between um, the California USL clubs. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's not just the independent clubs. This this also includes LA Galaxy 2. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So this includes LA Galaxy 2, um, um, Orange County Soccer Club, uh, Sacramento Republic, and Fresno FC. And it soon might be expanding with San Diego being announced and also uh, the East Bay team at some point coming in. They announced the expansion and we haven't really heard anything yeah, I was, so. pretty, I was pretty excited when I saw that uh, Landon Donovan's getting it going in San Diego. It's like, hey, maybe this is a be an opportunity to be able to meet that legend. <laughs> yeah, and also the kind of the main uh, founder behind it is Warren Smith, who founded Sacramento Republic. So yeah, I'm excited for there. Yeah, I'm excited for that San Diego franchise to come in, and then there would be eight teams, if my if my math is correct, from in the USL. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think that would bring us to six teams, I think. Six right? teams. Six yeah, teams. six, sorry. Yeah, six teams. Yep. It's all right. Someday, man. Sacramento hey. might be leaving soon, right? So you never know. Oh, man, don't even, get, don't, don't even get it. Don't even get me started. It's been <laughs> such a, an emotional roller coaster at this point. Stay or go, I don't, oh, I don't think anybody cares. 
Yeah, yeah. As long as you guys have a club to root for, right? That's that's exactly it. And speaking of a club to root for, we had a game uh, this past weekend against Orange County SC, one that I was actually really nervous for. Uh, Orange County, if you look at their record, they're almost the exact same as Sacramento. One less win, but I think they have really talented players. And with Aiden Quinn on the field, I, I always felt that this was going to be a tough game and it was going to be hard for Sacramento to not only move up in the table, but move up in the Copa Califas table. Right. Yeah, I know uh, Orange County, they show flashes. They definitely show They have a lot of talent down there. And that's one thing I've noticed, um, you know, with Sacramento, sometimes it's, it's you never know what version of Sacramento is going to come out. So I could see why you'd be a little bit nervous for that for that matchup. Yeah. And not to just be honed in on Sacramento, because this is all about Kofa Khalifa's, but you're really right. Like Sacramento has at times played three at the back, four at the back, five at the back. They've rotated their forwards. They have a, they've had a couple of injuries, but not that many, not so many to justify such a rotated squad. And that's what we saw again against Orange County on, on Saturday. And I'm just starting to wonder now that Sacramento with the results from this past week are outside of the playoffs, if, if this is the first time that we're going to not see Sacramento Republic in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, you know, the record is the record is surprising. Um, but even, you know, watching that game, I, I feel like Sacramento had so many chances to uh, to put one in there, to put one in the back of the net and just, yeah, it was, you know, it was real good to see them playing in, in good form but uh yeah tough not to see either team you know be able to finish anything i definitely feel like sacramento did dominate that game for most of it yeah and once you start to see sacramento not finish chances that's when you should really be worried because their defense hasn't been as stonewall as it has been in the past they have let goals in so as soon as about it was like maybe about 30 minutes in Sacramento had missed a, a couple of chances. I got really nervous because Orange County just on Wednesday hosted Reno and completely obliterated them four to one. Oh yeah, no that Orange yeah Orange County. I think bringing that form into the game was uh, yeah. I was really surprised with their previous results against Reno. That just didn't. They seemed like they're playing on two different levels. Um, but I guess that really didn't show. They flipped the level on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a little surprised at Orange County's form just over the, the full season. Um, I would have thought that they would have been a little bit higher up in the table, but they did lose a good amount of players. And maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe they just don't have the, the top, top, top-end talent at multiple different positions this year. I know they've had a few different... Uh, problems with their goalies rotating in and out and then they lose um oh my gosh i'm blanking on the name patrick mclean he's mm -hmm. departed the club and then they sign a 17 year old from um an academy in orange county and then he gets called into the the usu 17 national team camp so he's gonna miss time uh at least a week i think so i, I think sacramento and orange county their fans i think can relate a little bit that there were high expectations this year and it just hasn't worked out like they thought. Right. You know, the good thing, though, with uh, Copa Califas being in such a small uh, tournament is both teams are still uh, have a good chance of winning. 
That's true. And with that, the surprise team for me, well, maybe not such a big surprise, but the team that's up at the top of the table right now for Copa Califas, or, or not the top of the table right now for Copa Califas, but toward the top of the table for USL is Fresno FC. They're, they've had some really good results. Oh yeah, they've been playing. I've been, you know, been able to follow them, to follow all the clubs, and and you know, I think it took them a while to get their goal scoring going, but I mean, once it did, their defense has really kind of held true, and their goalie's been playing really great too. Um, but yeah, no, it's surprising, especially for them being in year two. Yeah, and the the big tell for me that they're doing well is Juan Pablo Kafa is not even starting at, at the moment, if I'm correct. I, think i've seen him come off the bench the past couple games um he might have been rotated in for injury but when you have a guy of juan pablo Kafa's pedigree and talent being able to come off the bench uh, i think you've got a pretty good squad oh yeah especially in the middle man they are deep their midfield is deep i feel like you know adam smith he has a probably has the toughest job of any of the uh, the, the managers here in uh, USL with deciding who what lineup he wants to go with in the middle of the field. Oh, for sure. I, I, I hate to say it, but Fresno is a really well-run organization. I have to tip my hat to everything they've done and that they are doing. And it was really hard to see Adam Smith leave Sacramento. But when you have an opportunity to be a head coach at a league like the USL, you have to take it. Oh, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sacramento, they're sitting actually, they came in with a point, so they're sitting right behind Fresno on the uh, Copa Califas table right now, uh, based off goal differential. I think they're tied with LA Galaxy 2 uh, with points overall. Yeah, and that means it's probably going to come down to at least one of those LA Galaxy 2 games between Sacramento to see who's going to potentially uh, push Fresno for the top of the Copa Califas table and those Sacramento LA Galaxy 2 games, uh, they've been chippy in the past. And I, I think LA Galaxy 2 is a sneakily good team. They, they have some questionable results, but then they have some really good results. And I, I think it all just depends on what players the first team loans down and what maybe academy players make the game. Yeah, no, I think that's the, uh, that's what makes I think all the all the two teams in USL uh, really scary is it can go either way. You can have a lot of academy guys out there. You can have uh, a couple guys that didn't get enough MLS minutes coming down. So no, definitely uh, you're not sure who's really going to be out there week to week. Yeah, well, so Ricky, just based on the games that we've watched, the games that we've seen, so far in this season, what team do you think is going to end up the top of Copa Califas this season? Um, you know, that's tough. It's tough with Fresno leading, but they do have a match on everybody else. Yeah. Um, which also means, you know, they only have a couple more chances to potentially lose a match too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think, I think Sacramento has a really good shot. And like you said, with those Galaxy 2 games, I think if they're able to come away with, you know, a win and a tie, uh, or you know, I think two wins would probably put them over the top, and it kind of doesn't give uh, Fresno a chance to see them against they've already played. And I think being able to get a, a, a draw out of one of those matches is really going to benefit Sacramento in the end. Yeah, I, I think I would have to agree. And also, this is... Maybe Sacramento's only chance this season to win uh, anything of 
of importance. So I, I'm really hoping you're right, but I just I just think Fresno's playing too well. Uh, you know, I know they only have a few matches left, but if they get wins or just right. don't lose in those few matches, I think it's going to be hard for Sacramento to keep the pace. Right. Well, you know, Fresno's remaining matches are against uh, Galaxy Two, and then they're actually the very last, uh, the very last match of the uh, of the year is going to be between Orange County and and Fresno. So they really have a chance at the end, I guess. That they they need that they need those points, man. They'll be the last ones to be able to pull some points off the table. So it might be one to watch out for. Yeah. Well, um, I really hope that people go to uh, your Instagram site at Copa Califas. And I don't know if you're on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't gone on. Uh, yeah. You recently. can find us on, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at uh, Copa Califas. And then also uh, online, our website is copacalifas.com. Yeah. I really hope that this catches on and that the, the fans and the supporters of all of these clubs make this a big deal because with the USL just being such a big league and even the Western Conference having 18 teams and growing, these regional type of tournaments that we're seeing, I think are going to be way more uh, important and they're just going to be more entertaining for the fans. So please, oh, if you are listening, definitely. go like their stuff, go follow Copa Califas on social media, go to their website, check them out. Ricky, do you have any last thoughts or comments? Yeah. You know, uh, just kind of second you there. If, uh, Get all the supporters behind it. I know, uh, not too sure with Valley Galaxy 2, but I know with, uh, you know, the or- Orange County, uh, Sacramento, and Fresno, their their supporter culture is such a big part of their club culture. And, you know, I feel like the, the organizations really uh, are paying attention and, and, and enjoying what the fans are bringing to the game. So, you know, if these matchups, the fans are bringing Copa Califas to the game, I think that's going to be a... That's going to be huge to, to really get this uh, to gain some more traction with the uh, with the organizations. Yeah, and the the supporter culture definitely of Sacramento, Fresno, and Orange County is above LA Galaxy too, and that's maybe not 100 percent the the fans' fault. I mean, there's a there's a first team and multiple teams in first team in LA to to right. follow. But if you can go out to an LA Galaxy two game, I have been they are fun. Like the the game day atmosphere might not be at the other level of the three other California clubs, USL clubs, but with the new general manager coming into the galaxy, there are some really talented players for LA galaxy Two that are getting some time in uh, USL before they make their debuts with the first team. And it's really cool to say, Hey, I watched that guy two years ago when he was a 17 year old you know, just destroying people in the second division. Um, oh, so, yeah. so I would really encourage people. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would really <laughs> encourage people to go out to an LA Galaxy 2 game if you can. Um, they they I are think, really I think, I think they do like like $2 beers like every single game also. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and the game I was at was like bring your dog to the game. So I was like, oh, I wish I would have known. Like I would just bring your dog like Sacramento's not going to do that. You know, there, there's too many people. It's, it's too crowded. It's their own stadium. It's, but LA Galaxy too can do those kind of things. So with that being said, you know, support these California teams. I, I can genuinely say that even before Ricky and I met, I wanted to see all the California teams do well. I wanted soccer in California to grow. And I, I'm so happy that Copa Califas is out there, that there is something for us Californians to root for and have 
grudges over and rivalry matches over. So go follow their stuff. Again, I'm serious. Please go on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and the internet and give them a like. Give them a retweet. Ricky, it was really good to have you on the show today. We'll have to Thanks, do this man. more often. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get together uh, before or after uh, the next uh, next matchup you guys have. Yep. All right. Well, until then, we'll see you, Ricky. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. And thank you, Scott and Ricky, for that wonderful insight on all things California USL soccer. Um, now we're going to transition into our New Mexico review. Uh, I believe that is Scott. Yeah. Did you watch the Rio Grande Valley game? Yeah. You, then you watched the New Mexico game. <laughs> oh, good, because I didn't watch the New Mexico game. <laughs> Basically, been... okay, so I will say you should go back and watch the highlights because New Mexico score a banger at the end. Like, this is a re- – like, you remember Tainer's volley yeah. Um, yeah. against yeah. Reno? And we were like, oh, my gosh, this was amazing. It was like that, but it beat us, and it was painful because it was so good. Small rabbit trail. Do you remember there was a goal scored off like a throw-in like a couple years ago? Do you remember that goal? That was at Oklahoma City. Oh yeah. Okay. How does it rank up compared to that goal? Because that goal that was goal like was top... annoying, and it was like top on the year though. Like it was like top ten on the year. I remember yeah. watching the highlight. So personally, for me, seeing the placement and like the touch of this and like the technique of this volley, mm-hmm. and it's a. I mean, the other the the Oklahoma City goal was a game winner, but this to me is a better goal. All right, wow. That the Oklahoma City goal was like, oh hey, this guy lost his marker, yeah, and okay, like yeah. and something didn't have to be acrobatic about it, but was it was kind of like a side volley. Hmm. But this was from like thirty, eh, like twenty eight yards out, and like yeah, looped over the goalie and had curve on it. Like it was a good, like it's a good shot. Like this is probably i haven't looked at like the goal of the week nominations i don't know if they're up yet but it's got to be up there as one of the ones nominated because it was a banger so all right go look at it go watch those highlights just go watch the highlights and then forget about it yeah the same story enjoy it yeah or enjoy it literally that that is the new mexico review um it was not a fun game no not uh, yeah. Let's Wednesday nights are just on. bad times for games. Who yeah. Has time for that? Yeah. Anyway. Let's just move on to the okay. San Antonio preview. <laughs> hey! um, San Antonio preview. Oh, yeah. The yeah. San Antonio preview. This is a huge game for Sacramento because we are tied on points with San Antonio. And uh, we have a game in hand. So we need... Personally, I feel like we need to keep that game in hand with some points because if we don't keep that game in hand and then San Antonio goes up or if, if they go up and then we have to like go level with them, that's just like one more team that we're hoping drops points for us to pass mm-hmm. um, on the table. And we're already in 11th. Like we are out yeah. of the, if playoffs were to start right now, we're Sacramento out. would be out. Yep. So we, and there's 10 playoff spots. Yeah. Like over half of the Western conference gets in the playoffs yeah. and we are below that playoff line. Yep. So this is a big game this weekend. I think the only thing that I'll say is the two probably most dangerous players for San Antonio 
are Frank Lopez and Bradford Jameson, who maybe those names should sound familiar because they are under contract with LA Galaxy 2 and on loan with San Antonio. I really don't like Frank Lopez because he has a knack for showing up just at the right place at the right time to put the ball in the back of the net against Sacramento, and it's really frustrating. So watch out for little Frank Lopez. He's like 5'5". Five five. Hmm. He's a, like a second forward. He's just frustrating. Um, other than that, San Antonio's had an up-and-down season. I don't know if this is an upswing for them or if they just got lucky the past few games, but they seem to have a, a decent run of form, and we're playing them at home. So I'm a little worried, again, like going on the road in Texas is not the easiest thing to do for Sacramento. Yeah. But we need the victory because we also have a game that Wednesday that we'll preview on next week's uh, episode. Mm-hmm. We're in we're in that make it or break it time. We've, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. Like, hey, this game's really important. This game's really important. Well, we're kind of at the, you know, we're breaking. We're breaking here. Yeah, Sacramento has four losses over the last five games. Yeah, we I think of three and a, and a draw. No. Okay. Well, well, sorry, we have four losses in our last six games. Okay. Yeah. One win, one draw. So we're we are one, one and four in our last six. I believe we've scored three goals over that period. E- yeah. We yeah. need something more exciting to talk about, folks. So we decided we're about a little over halfway through the season. The boys here at the nine one six Republic, we've done a little, uh, done a little, little game. Okay, we have what we're calling the mid season superlatives. Ooh, yeah, and let's just clarify this. So this isn't a mid season award because if we no. were to say, hey, the top goal scorer of uh, the mid season, congratulations, here's your award. That adds literally nothing to your life. Just takes up time. That's not a superlative. So what superlatives are? Uh, for us are awards for the person that we think at the end of the season fits that category. Most likely. So we are trying to predict who will achieve that accomplishment at the end of the season. So the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories we have are most likely top goal scorer, most likely MVP, most improved, most surprising, most disappointing, uh, most likely defender of the year and most likely midfielder of the year. Those are our seven. So what we did is we each put our top three in for each category. And then based on our voting, one, two, and three, we are super sophisticated (laughs) mathematical equation algorithm. We uh, compiled a list of the winner and then honorable mention. And then we'll throw in our own honorable mentions for each one. So each one of these will take a few minutes and might take a little bit longer depending on i know there's already some disagreements i can already we already kind of like i started and we were like no we have to save it for the show (laughs) and i was the last to to put in mine and i saw everyone else's i just kind of was like no not that and i went (laughs) yeah so i'm just kind of the devil's advocate but a couple of them i genuinely feel like that scott and zach are wrong like so zach and i are similar to be fair we we had a chance to talk about these on the way up yeah, uh, we had kinda, a bus I ride. Convince each other, yeah. Yeah, so we we kind of already had a discussion, and then we were like, "Hey, Nolan, we want to do this," and Nolan was like, "Oh, okay." Hmm. So we still have. I mean, for the most part, though, me and Scotts are. We might have similar names, but they're not in the same spots. They're not in the same spots. So, well, let's just get started. Let's just get um, into it. Get it. Also, 
how about I'll just do one and then we'll go to Zach and then Nolan can read and then we'll just kind of go in that circle. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. So most likely top goal scorer of the year. We have Cameron Iwasa. Mm. He was number one on all of our, yeah, all of our list. He's, if there is a, I mean, somebody has to be top goal scorer. We think it's Cameron Iwasa. Yeah. Why? Uh, nobody else has stood out. I mean, you got maybe Warner, but yeah, he's the, the honorable day, mention. At the end of the day, I don't. I think ideally, Warner's not necessarily a goal scorer. He gives you goals, but he's a distributor. He's a playmaker. So, I don't know that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of. We don't really have anybody else that that's yeah. gonna take that. I don't. That's think. that was what. I was thinking uh, with choosing Cameron Iwasa, we really don't have even consistent people, people consistently starting in the center of the attacking triad or whatever Right. Um, besides Cameron Iwasa. So, like, Blackwood and Bonomo are being switched out as the, the bigger strikers. Mm-hmm. They're not getting opportunities to play, and they're not making most of the opportunities that they're given. Cameron Iwasa is good when he's healthy. He seems to be a bit dull right now his past few games have not been he missed a wide open shot against orange county and did not look the greatest against el paso i'm sorry oh my gosh new mexico mexico rio no yeah 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 rio green rgv okay uh yeah rio green valley missed a couple opportunities in that game um yeah, but he'll come back around. Players fall in and out of form. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think so. he'll come around. Yeah. I mean, he's season. got nine goals right now on, I think, like 18 matches. So Yeah. I think you guys said he'd be at – you, you so surmised like, that he'd be at like 20-plus or something. Well, like, like five or six games ago, yeah. he was on a 21-goal pace. pace. Yeah, I had said 19. I was like, I'll give him 19. Okay, but that's 10 goals in 14 yeah. matches. Mm-hmm. And at this point – pretty but i mean he was scoring like a goal a game for the past like four matches before like leading up to that conversation yeah and then he kind of went through a dry he's gone he's going through a dry spell right yeah i mean the team is going through yeah a dry spell i will say this sam sam warner with open cup matches has has seven goals Hmm. and i so i i if we're compiling open cup and league play he's only a couple behind yeah cameron awasa if cameron awasa doesn't pick it up and sam warner yeah. scores more bangers because yeah. that's what he does but for me i mean he could pass him that would not i'd be depressed to see that because i don't think i feel like sam warner is a playmaker who has been told we need you to score goals because there's nobody else here to score goals and i don't think that's his fit like i don't think that's who he is as a player um so if Sam Warner's the one leading at the end of the season as far as goals go, I, I don't think that's a good sign for Sac Republic as a whole. Yeah. He was our honorable mention on the list too. Sam Warner was. Scott didn't even have a third. No, because because there, there's no one else. Yeah. yeah they, no. So they both have Blackwood. If Blackwood is our leading goal scorer, I, I think <laughs> things have, are even worse than if Probably. Warner's our leading goal scorer. Um, Nolan also has Bonomo. I just have that because they're strikers and their job is to score. So I'm like, 
So you're saying they, they, they have the opportunity, so they would be... They would be the ones to do it. Yeah. Right. And I mean, Bonoma has, what, three goals? Two. Well, counting the open cup goal. Okay, three, yeah. So, I don't... It's a long shot, but... Yeah. Um, let's let's move on, because I'm yeah, getting depressed. Yeah, yeah. And Most we're going to have some MVP. more hot topics here. This is a controversial one that I feel very strongly about, but Zach's going to introduce it. <laughs> uh, most likely team MVP. So, our consensus is a tie... Between Awasa and Warner, um, our honorable mention is Tainer. Mm-hmm. Now, I really just want to turn this over to Nolan, yeah. um, because me and Scott yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are me and Scott's um, answers very similar. Um, for Scott, one, two, three was Awasa, Warner, Villarreal. Me, it was Warner, Awasa, Tainer. For Nolan, um, <laughs> number one is Tainer, mm-hmm. which. I can get behind. Number two is Deckel Keenan. Yes. And number three is Ray Sari. I don't Nolan, mind the Ray Sari one. I, I, I. As like your I third like, most likely, like yeah. I'm like okay. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Me too. I'm, like I, I'm, okay, okay. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. Yeah, we will. Nolan, I would like you to defend your three rankings, particularly the particularly the middle one. Okay. Yeah, Deckel Keenan. Please so, tell me. Please elaborate. What I have been. So the just objective fact of the matter about this 2019 Sacramento season is right. that we have not been able to pro- to produce an attack. And it's not because we have uh, weak or inefficient or center or, you know, shaky center backs. Our center backs have been, for me at least, one of the mm-hmm. highlights of this team this season. They're strong. I would agree. They're effective. They're hard to get past. They're assertive. Like, Deckel Keenan has quite a few yellow cards, which maybe he should be more moderate but he has he has six six yellow cards okay so you know you get suspended a second game so once you hit five yellow cards you get suspended once you hit eight you get suspended again yeah and then i think once you hit 10 you get suspended again well the fact <laughs> also the fact he's on is, pace for like over 10 <laughs> when you're losing the ball in well, the attacking like, third so often like your center backs are going to draw fouls they're going to have to to stop counter but then why hasn't any other center back gotten close to his yellow card? John Sapulos has had a few. I think he has like, okay, he had two in that and he has Portland game, and he reds. shouldn't have. Okay. You take one game out. He's had another red, I think. Also, I have not. Sure this I have not. Like, I haven't thought. I I thought he's and, played better than Keenan. Okay. I thought the Greek freaks played better. Keenan has Kenan. started more, and he has the age and experience to command the back line. He's captained the, the team when he starts. I think he's deserving of it. See, that's why I understand Tainer, because I feel like that's him. Yeah. I feel like that's the guy. But I, that's why he was my number one. I see I the, the Deckel Keenan. The only problem with me that I have with the center back being the team MVP is name one center back that you pen in as a starter. At our, no, I'm right now. Sacramento. Mitchell Tainer. Tainer. I was right, Tainer, but yeah. he hasn't started. Who, Mitchell Tainer? Yeah, like if you pull it up, like... I think he's started like well, and that's also so 12, 14 games or twelve games or something like that. Again, this is midseason superlative, so we're asking ourselves what's most likely to happen at the end of the season. The beginning of the season, the word on the street was oh, Tainer might not even start, and that's kind of what he, ended he up happening. Yeah, he he wasn't really starting. He worked his way back into a starting role, and has yeah, proven because Keenan was poo poo. Okay, he started sixteen out of twenty games. I agree. Right. I, Tainer. 
Yeah. So okay. So then let but me. The first. Okay, the so, first. No, like, no, no, no. Hold on. Couple games let me just season. clarify this logic. Okay. So you have Tanner's your number one. Yeah, yeah that I understand. Sixteen games. That I, get that. I understand. Yeah. He's played well in those sixteen yeah. games, right? Yeah. How many games has Keenan started? Let me Google that. That's gonna take a sec. Uh, Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sacramento. My, I'm tired. And then my I'm next sorry. question is gonna be: Do they start together? They don't. Keenan and, and Tanner. And Tanner, I don't think have played a game together. Ah, uh, that is not true. Keenan and Tanner. I'm pretty I, sure. Honestly, it maybe yeah, once. I think they you, definitely I think have you're right. Quite a few. No, we should. Usually, I, this he needs... usually plays with Hansopolis. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, Nolan. I'm telling you, dude. So this is what this is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm pulling it up on Fatmom because it's not on the Google. Um. Okay. Go for it. So this is what I'm saying. Like, how could you have Tanner's like, oh, it's my number one, and then the guy that is replacing him is your number yeah. two. That's that's what I that's agreed. And. Keenan has so many yellow cards because he pushes people over. <laughs> no. He uses his forearm and pushes people <laughs> over. And then he puts his, when the referee's like, oh, you were pushing, he puts his hand out and goes, how's that a foul? And hey, um, maybe in Israel, maybe in the Premier League, you can get away with that. But you can't do that here. No. And I think he has to do that. You're right, Nolan, because he's huh. asked to do a lot. But you don't have to push people over. Yeah. Let me see. We're pulling it up now. Also, Zach spelled Tanner wrong, but that's okay. Uh, 14, 14 you call me out like that. Fourteen starts. Yes, I did. So, no, so Keenan has I just had four, it. Keenan has had fourteen starts, and Tanner has had sixteen. Okay. So the overlap has to be like at least ten. They no. played half the season together. I'll pull it up. I'll I'll look. This is because this is this is a this is a thing for me now. This is, Keenan, this is I'm going the, back the to New the Mexico beginning. game. They were together. One. The uh, I don't think they were in Orange County. Uh, you want me to look it up and you guys can talk about yeah, who we'll... actually won the award? Um, uh, just real quick, honorable mention um, for MVP was Tainter. So because of Zach and I, yeah, and, and, and Nolan had yeah, him. yeah. So that yeah, just kind of confirming. No, I'm sorry, Nolan and Zach had Tainter. I did not have Tainter. Um, we didn't talk any more about. Werner, like we said, like he has seven goals and I think he has like five assists. He's doing it all. He's doing it by himself. I think that pretty much says it all. Mm-hmm. And same thing for Awasa. If he scores a buttload of goals, if he's back he, in form, yeah, it's if kind he of, does yeah. it by himself, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of self-stated. Uh, I'll take number three for Nolan while he pull while he gets that stat for us. Most improved player, we have Mitchell Tanner. Yep. Um, honorable mention is Jaime Villarreal. Uh, I had Tainer, Gomez, Villarreal. One, two, three. Nolan had Diaz, Werner, Skundrick. And then Zach had Tainer, Villarreal, and Partain. So, Zach, why do we think Tainer is the most improved player on the team? I Again, we talked a little bit about it. At the beginning of the season, like I said, this was a guy that was, it was being said, I don't even know if he's going to be able to start. Um, and so rolling into the season, it was not looking good for him. And all of a sudden, now we're talking about he's at least in the argument of team MVP. Yeah, it, that is a major swing. Um, if he's not most improved player, I don't know what is. Yeah. Do you have that stat, Nolan? It's they've played together uh, three of the last seven games. Three of the last seven. Yeah, New Mexico, Orange County, and Reno. 
So Hansopoulos has set the bench. Yeah. In 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 those games. Four of those seven. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. So they just now starting to play together. But they've had. So before that, they hadn't. I don't know. It's taking me forever to go through every game. Well, okay. four, four of the last. Or yeah, four of the last seven games. It, they. But but that's what I'm saying. Like, how could a center back be the MVP when they get rotated so much? Yeah. Yeah. I think we got to move on. Yeah, we, we got seven of these. I'm, I'm, we're just gonna nominate I'm sorry. An MVP because they're the only ones that start. That doesn't make any sense either. We're gonna nominate. I'm not MVP. saying that's the main reason. Never mind. Okay, we can I, talk about it more. We, I don't. I don't think we have time for it. Yeah, I don't think because we gotta get through seven of these. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm calling it. We're moving on, guys. Yeah. Um. So continuing our talk on surprise player of the year. Well, do we want to? Never mind. Yeah. Most improved. improved player of the year. So we were talking about Tanner. Yeah. He. Wasn't starting, now is starting, kind of. Um, I I just think that, like, for me personally, he looks way more comfortable this year than last year. That could be because last year the center back alongside him was so bad mm. that I think Tanner was asked to cover for that center back a lot. I mean, um, it was uh, Schmidt for a while who's just not good. He's now with New Mexico and we kind of picked on him a lot. Um, then it was Clementa who was, he just wasn't informed. No. Um, and now I think that there's actually a competent center back next to him. He's able to play a bit better. He can go up into the attack. Um, I also had Gomez for kind of similar reasons. Um, and then Villarreal, the honorable mention, Zach and I had him. I, I just think he he does a lot of little things, and he covers a lot of ground for Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's taken a, a small step forward, but a step forward this year in, in year two with Sacramento. Um, but Nolan, do you want to talk about any of your uh, choices, Diaz, Werner, or Skundrick? Yeah, I just said Rafa Diaz because now he's going to be starting and so we're going to see him play, which we didn't see at all. Mm-hmm. We saw him like in this insane Josh Cohen's dry spell a while back, play two games. But um, I just say because we switch yeah. up keepers, he's going to improve. Yeah. So as as we said before, we're predicting at the end of the season, um, Rafa Diaz comes in and halfway through the season that yeah, yeah that if he ends up yeah. in good form, it, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, if he plays well, he, I mean, it'd be hard to say that he's not improved. But my only thing with that is, like, he's only starting because we transferred Cohen. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he played, he's performed so well in practice that yeah. he took his spot. Yeah. But, I mean. But he's given the, op- he's ha- he's got the opportunity. Yeah. He's got the opportunity. And to yeah. go from an afterthought backup goalie to a starter who yeah. had a great season, great second half of the season, that would be a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to our fourth category, uh, which we've called the surprise player of the year. Um, the person that has won that superlative is Jaime Villarreal. And our honorable mention is Sam Werner. So both Scott and Zach agreed that Jaime Villarreal deserved this position. And I'm inclined to agree with them. Yeah. I just think last year, like we kind of said, Jaime Villarreal didn't really stand out and this year he he does he's had games where i've went whoa like this is a guy that has potential to play at the next level 
His pass success percentage is very high. Um, he's created a lot of scoring opportunities. Yeah, I think he makes good third or fourth runs into the box. He doesn't get the ball a lot, Bjev. But yeah, I, I'm I I didn't think this was a guy like I wasn't happy necessarily that Jaime Villar was coming back and was starting. I. I Thought, Same. hey this is just a role player he's just there to shuttle the ball and not do stupid things but I, I think he's actually been a big part of sacramento's limited success yeah yeah i had matt mahoney in there uh in contention as well yeah just because his season to my mind which i could be blanking on forgetting someone else but he's had the most like upward trajectory swing from like not starting at all to getting in a couple substitutes to starting at a fullback position, which seems to be his natural position, to starting as a third center back, which he looked really comfortable and yeah. performed really well in. So that was mine for most, for a surprise player, because I was like, oh, Matt Mahoney can play center back. Cool. Yep. And then Nolan and Zach also had Werner in their list. I, I think that could very well, if he doesn't win one of these other ones mm-hmm. at the end of the season, so he definitely has been a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Basically a rookie season. Yeah. Yep. Um, to, to be producing like he is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to disappointing player of the year. Um, our Surprise. number one for this is our man Bonomo. Um, and our honorable mention is our favorite here at the 916 Republic, Vilian Bijev. Yeah. Um, and I actually didn't put Bijev as my number one, which may be a shock to a lot no, of people. No, no, because it's not to me. <laughs> It's not well, to why me. is it not to you? Because no one didn't not, have it either. It's not disappointing that he, he's not a dis. I did have him the second, but he's yeah. not disappointing because he was never impressive last year. Like there was nothing. There was no fall from grace for Bijan. It was always like, it was. Oh, a, he had already fallen again. last year. Bonomo is like yeah. He was already trash. And yeah, Bonomo last year. still, I think, has can be a heavy hitter in his team and score goals and hold the ball up and do what he needs to do. But just so far, it has not yeah. gone that it's way. It's been disappointing for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm right there with you guys with Bonomo. Like, I think he was brought in to be the goal scorer with Cameron Ross. Like, it yeah. was supposed to be, hey, Awasi, you're gonna score 13 to 18 goals or 13 to uh-huh. 20 goals somewhere in there, and then Bonomo, you're gonna score 10 to 15 goals, yeah. and then Werner or distribute to those guys. or someone is gonna distribute and yeah. have maybe 10 goals if you're you yeah. know if things yeah. fall your way and you get chances and we're playing really well and bonomo has yep. been nowhere near that just can't finish he can't finish and he does he does a lot of other things really we well. talked about at the beginning of the season he does so many good things yep but it's just not enough so that's why he's most disappointing for me yeah and then it almost pains us, I think, to say it, but yeah. it, it really is kind of the definition of disappointing. It, yeah. His play has been just disappointing. Yeah. Um, Zach and I had Deco Keenan. We already kind of touched on that. Yep. We already touched on Bijev. Nolan, you had Ray Sari as number three on your list. Is there something that sticks out that he's not doing that you can just identify really quickly as like, he needs to get better at this for him to not be a disappointing player? Yeah, I think just contributing... Because we only play a two-man midfield, mm-hmm. and I guess Jaime Villarreal or Drew Skundrick or um, or Hayden Barthain or the kind of attacking uh, play that want to play the attacking role in that two-man midfield. But 
I don't know. For me, there's never a game where I'm just like, Ray, sorry, bossed the pitch. But also, I'm not watching center. I'm not watching midfielders as much. I'm watching the front four and the back four. Right. So I kind of miss out on the on the, the middle of the pitch. Um. So for me, that was it. Just because I'm like, I never. He starts every game, but I never see his impact really. Um. Which may be a good thing, given that he's a defensive midf- midfielder, so he doesn't like have horrible errors and that I'm like, oh, this guy is an idiot. But yeah. Um. I don't know. Even other defensive midfielders sometimes can get up the pitch and contribute and attack. Yeah. He doesn't really do that. That's what we need right now. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I'm kind of changing my tune a little bit on sorry that earlier in the season I said like, oh, he just doesn't do enough with the ball. He doesn't pass the ball well enough. But when you look at chances created, he's third on the team with, or second on the team with chances created behind he's Sam Sorry. Yeah. But he's fourth. No, you just pulled it up. He, it was Villarreal was up there. So it was Awasa, Warner, and Villarreal, I think, were the top three. Okay, well, he was he was up there, but... And with the limited amount of time he's played, he, if I think he's fourth. Yeah, um, I do think he needs to... There are times where I've seen him switch off, and he has made a, a couple of mistakes, and that he could have been on this list... Um, We've already kind of touched on it, but my number three was Awasa. He just hasn't done anything recently, so he's on this list for me. But let's move on to most likely Defender of the Year. We have Mitchell Tanner winning that award with kind of a surprise, as the honorable mention, Juan Barahona. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he was number three for myself and Zach, mm-hmm. but let's talk about Mitchell Tanner. He was number one on all of our list. We already touched on why he could potentially be the team MVP, but what does he do well? Like, can we can we quantify this for our listeners when they watch Mitchell Tanner? What's the thing or things that he does super well that mean that he should be deserving of this at the end of the year, Nolan? Can I take it? so one thing? I've been watching our defensive line really closely the past few games. This man takes the ball up the pitch. He mm-hmm. bypasses the first line of the attacking press, Amen. gets through them, and passes into the midfield right around middle of the park sometimes in the offensive side of uh like in oh he gets territory. up into the attack so absolutely. he he gets he gets up there he defends well like he's never um i don't think he's scored an own goal there's i remember there was one game where he like almost directed a, sh- a, a, a cross into the goal but that just happens when you're at the last line of defense like so are you saying he dribbles the ball into the midfield he t- or so he passes the ball? Like he takes he, the ball. He has line-splitting passes. No, he takes the ball. Him, he dribbles through the first line of attack. So I would say he does both. Yeah, okay. I would too. And but what's distinctive to me is the way that he gets he gets up. He, he, he is comfortable dribbling into space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and when he and he makes good decisions. Yeah. And he makes good decisions. And then his goal against Reno kind of stands out for me. It's like, oh, yeah. That's kind of going to be a highlight of the season. That's going to be like on the highlight reel for the season. Especially if things keep going the way that they could go. Yeah. And I never catch... And it's something that I've been watching lately. I never catch him caught in the offensive zone on a counter. Like, he's never caught out of position. If he makes a run up, he's going to get back in time. And he's not going to be a liability defensively. And so for a center back to be able to create chances in the offensive zone score score a banger deliver on the opportunities he's given and never be caught as a liability in the back is something that is very impressive to me 
Yeah. Um, I I agree with all of those. I think he's just a really good communicator. I think he's a good leader of the back line. And I also think that he's a good mental gamesman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he likes to talk. Are you, are you referring to mental toughness, Scott? No, I'm not. I'm talking. I'm I'm uh. referring to talking trash. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so in the preseason game that I went to, um, and be- between that game and seeing, like, watching games on TV and seeing his mouth move, mm. um. He talks. He gets in people's heads. He gets in people's heads. He's a big dude. Yeah. He knows he's a big dude. And I, I think he enjoys playing that game with opposing attackers. Um, that is our number one. Let's talk about our honorable mentions. Juan Barahona. Mm-hmm. Zach, do you want to take this one? Um, again, we're predicting at the end of the season. Barahona, the first game he came on, showed an incredible touch. Um, showed he can play at a very high level. Looking at the end of the season, he very much could be a player that receives the award for, you know, best defender. Because he, he he has a very high ceiling. Um, he's somebody that there were a couple things, you know, that I've seen. He, he does tend to force the ball a little bit, and that could get ironed out as, as he develops chemistry with his teammates. Um, as he gets comfortable. Um, but looking ahead at the end of the season, he's definitely somebody that has a high ceiling that could take defender of the year. So that's why he's there for us. Yeah, he, he could be the next super attacking left back for yeah. Sacramento, just like James Kiffey was. And if he has like five assists or six assists or something like that the second half of the season, I, I, I'm inclined to say that he could win that. Another guy we had that is also an honorable mention that we didn't talk about before was the Greek freak, Harris Chonson-Poulos. I see him as a really good compliment to Tainer. He's even bigger than Tainer. He, similar to Tainer, doesn't get caught out. He can go forward. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think he doesn't make big mental errors, which is something that Sacramento center backs have struggled with in the past. I think we should just move on to our last category, most likely midfielder of the year. Our winner for this superlative is Jaime Villarreal, honorable mention of Ray Sari. We've already talked about both of these players. Mm -hmm. We said that Jaime Villarreal could be the most improved. We just think that he does everything very well. That's why he's a good box-to-box midfielder. We've talked about, sorry, how there are some things that he could improve on, but he is showing to maybe be settling in a bit more. Both Zach and Nolan also had Hayden Partain, so he should actually be an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't Nolan, you talk about Hayden Partain for a second? Well, he's, for, I, I really enjoy him. I think just as a person, as a player, I'm inspired by watching him. He's gutsy. He's, uh, takes risks. He he plays for the team. I just enjoyed watching him play. He's also had the most goals out of the midfield um, for Sacramento this season. So for me, that's why I'm like, okay, midfielder of the year, most goals. Um, yeah, because Sam Warner's not really a, a no, midfielder. He's a, yeah. he's a he he really is a true for, wing forward. Yeah, not a uh, midfield wide midfielder. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, if we're counting 
Kamawasa in the 10 as a midfielder, but I don't. Yeah, I no, he's a second forward yeah. or a, a striker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Hayden Partain brings a lot to the team. Um, he scored some crucial goals for Sacramento, too. Like, the yeah. win against Portland was a yeah. 1-0 win against You, you also had Barahona in here as a, a as midfielder. A, yeah, because... Because he, he gets forward so much. He gets forward. Like, he play, He adds another option in the midfield when Sacramento's in attack. And um, he's not... He dribbles... I noticed this in the games that he's played. He dribbles... Uh, across the pitch so a lot of times fullbacks will just stay very vertical he cuts like, in yeah but he's boom 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 and then that like, makes it that, that a, makes an a center back pulls over and covers dynamic, for him yeah. yeah and he so um for me he does a lot in the midfield i think he could be a candidate for midfield of the year yeah and the last one that i had is skundrick and that one's really just because of opportunity he hasn't produced what i think uh, he, he honestly could have been one for a disappointing player for me because he just hasn't hasn't got produced i think for me, he was really hyped coming into the year. He's mm-hmm. Stanford guy, and captain. Played super, super well for Bethlehem last year, and they were really sad to see him go. And I was like, "Oh wow, this was a really good signing for Sacramento." And then watching him play, I was like, "This guy runs. He just runs everywhere." And then he got a, a goal and a couple of assists, but he has so many missed opportunities mm-hmm. to score that I, I think if he's able to, if again, if something clicks and he scores five goals and has five assists to close out the season and is amazing and okay yeah he could be midfielder of the year if he's the guy that kind of lifts sacramento above that playoff line into the playoffs but right now i i think it we have to say that it's villarreal and sorry and partain are uh, behind him for midfielder of the year well that is our mid-season superlatives we'll mm-hmm. do this again at the end of the year we'll compare our end of the year superlatives with uh, mid-season superlative see how we did and maybe we'll add in a couple um yeah. stuff like that so everything's up in the air but um that is the end of our show do you guys have any closing comments or thoughts i don't think so i think we're good yeah yeah all right well i hope you guys enjoyed the show and as always glory glory sacramento, sacramento.